You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. 2021 has come to an end, and it's very on brand for us to review all the things that made our past year special, merry, and bright, despite the complicated nature of our dating and relationship subject matter, as well as everything that transpired in 2021 to complicate things even further. Mm-hmm. To start, Lauren's very special early Christmas present arrived with the birth of her baby, Hunter. Yay! Yay! Another Capricorn in the world. Hooray for that. Sending a huge congrats to Lauren and her beautiful, growing family. Congrats, Lauren. She's currently on maternity leave and will be back soon. Another thing that made 2021 so special was the addition of you, Rob, to the It's Complicated crew. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome that I am here. (laughs) Oh, goody. Mayor got that suit enough. I'm taking my jacket off because I'm ready to get into it. Oi vey. Everybody, if you've been listening to this show and you've heard Rob and I kind of go at it uh, about everything, really, uh, you're in for a treat. Yeah, especially since Lauren has had her baby, yay, and she's on maternity leave because two babies under two is a lot to handle. You don't need to handle us also because that's what Lauren has been. She's been kind of a good mediator between the two of us. Well, instead, they're just us two babies here to talk about dating and relationships without her unsupervised unfiltered and probably unorganized (laughs) well have you enjoyed having me on here has it been annoying to have my my point of view been kind of poking into you the entire that sounds horrible (laughs) but like (laughs) do i like you poking at me i don't know rob you're my point of view have you like just kind of like interrupting everything and kind of like throwing a little wrench into the way that the show has been going for the past. How many years have you guys been doing this before I? Um, quite a while, a couple of years now. More than a couple, right? It's been like. Yeah, but six. I don't want to age myself. So like. Oh my God. <laughs> um, it's been like, I think four years maybe, but who no can keep track? Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. All right. Well, double your fun. Cause I think it's been like closer <laughs> to eight years. No, it, it hasn't. Yeah, it Whatever. has. But All right. Anyway. How do you feel about me coming in and the things I've been saying and, and you know, kind of my perspective on things with your guests and, and you and Lauren? Um, well, I think that it's been a great addition. I think we needed you or, like to give the male perspective because Lauren and I tend to feel similarly in our approach and no one needs to hear two gals feel the same way about things. So you're definitely shaking things up. And you definitely give me a run for my money. 
and poke mm-hmm. holes in everything I say and do and have your own um, thoughts on the matter. Yeah, I'm so, always going to have thoughts on a matter. That's for that's for damn sure. <laughs> we can we can expect that from you for sure. I also always have thoughts on a matter. So I think you and I also take a very different approach to dating and have had very different dating histories. So it spices things up to have a difference of opinion. And it is, you know, serendipitous that we're both single during, you know, this time that I've come on because it wasn't based on, you know, uh, who find a single guy. It was based on like, just find a male perspective, right? That you guys reached out. You mean our, our casting couch and how we came to acquire you? Yes, the, the, the casting couch of acquisition that I had to go through. But um, <laughs> but it is, it's serendipitous because we can and, and kind of like where we are in our lives as far as like, you know, we're not in our 20s anymore and it's not, you know, kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Like there's more things that are important that we're looking for that we either say yay or nay to really quick. Oh yeah, and I think our history gives us so much more perspective than we once had. I mean, sure, if we were in our 20s ranting about us gallivanting through LA and all of the parties we went to and the late nights we had and the celebrities and the bullshit, really, no one's going to learn from that, but it will be more of like a barstool sports type of show. And right, here, exactly. Here we are sharing our hearts, our baggage, our history, the lessons we've learned the things we're still trying to accomplish. And hopefully, Rob, with us leading the way now, we won't remain single forever. I think the goal is probably to change that if we can. I don't know about you. For me, it is obviously. And you have commented on the fact that I treat it like a job. But I will say in 2022, it will be less of a job for me and more of something that I'm going to try and enjoy. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. How how and what what do you, what is going to be the difference in that, like less spreadsheets? Like what, like how like when you get there, are you not going to have as many expectations? Are they not going to be on the the husband dinner plate right away? <laughs> like like how are you going? What what does it mean when you say you're you're going to enjoy it more? Well, I think I'm going to be a little bit more conscientious conscientious of who I go out with. And give it a little bit more lead time so we can communicate, see if there's any like chemistry or banter there, probably have a phone call or a FaceTime, and then see if I'm excited about going. And if I'm not excited, I'm not going to go because when I do that, because I feel like it's something I should be doing in order to put myself out there to find somebody, I go on dates with people I'm not excited about. I'm just going because I think I should be open to it. And so I think eliminating that will help because I will be more excited, have more fun, and it will be something I want to do versus feel like I should be doing because I shouldn't be doing anything. That's like weird rules and expectations. And I don't know. Yeah. So you're going to be doing bullshit. you're going to be doing more of what you should have been doing in the first place, probably. Yeah, which yeah. is which is well, listen, which is quality over quantity. Exactly. And, right. Instead of going out on dates because you matched with somebody and you're attracted to them on whatever it is, or so-and-so said that you guys would be good together, or, you know, you know, they have a good job, or whatever the qualification, whatever like field they fell into on, on your spectrum of what you wanted. Now it's like, okay, I got a feeling from that. You're almost coming over to my side of it a little bit. 
Ooh. Oh, gosh. Are we agreeing on things now? I mean, maybe, maybe if anything from, you know, me being on this on the show for the last couple of uh, months is that, you know, maybe you're starting to listen. Maybe it's starting to seep in a little bit that it's more about the feeling than, you know, than than the all the other stuff that goes around that. Does that make sense? Someone might call it Stockholm Syndrome, Rob. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I'm just tired of being yelled at, so I'm going with the flow of what you say because it's safer this way. Oh, I haven't even started to yell at you yet. <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole year for that. Yeah, and, yeah um, we have a little while. But, but yeah, so as far as like my goals go and things that I think I've learned from last year, it's that if something like this is important to me, I want to have fun and enjoy the ride. So there are no time restraints. There's no rules. It's something I should enjoy. So, and also I don't want to start a relationship with someone that feels like a job. That sucks. I want to have fun and be like, wow, this happens. Well, it might not happen organically because I'm meeting them on an app. I want it to feel organic. So the chemistry, the banter, all of that is what is organic. And then that will then hopefully, you know, persist and become something. Yeah. Take some of the, I, I love that for you. I, I, I really do. I love that, that you, that's what you're going into that with. And I think I can tell by just like your tone of voice talking about it, that you already seem more relaxed about it. And it's not so you're taking the urgency out of it, you know, and like when it becomes fun to just kind of like see what these people present to you, then you're going to allow so much in because you've taken that barrier down. Oh, but what about you, Rob? Enough about me. What you joined the show, has it completely changed your life? Have you had Stockholm Syndrome for the things I've said to you? Like maybe you might date this year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet if that's what I'm um, kind of going towards. Uh, what I've learned from the show is that there are definitely people out there that, I mean, Listen, my mom used to always say whenever I'd go through a breakup, like, listen to all the breakup songs. You're not the only person that goes through this, you know? And I can tell that there's a lot of people more in my age range that have kind of either gone through stuff and then found the right person after like maybe a divorce or something like that, or they just never gave up on it. And then their person was on the path that that person was supposed to be on. And they kind of met when they were supposed to type deal, whether it was in the back of somebody's you know, somebody's mom's car at a bowling alley or, <laughs> you know, uh, after a divorce somewhere, you know what I mean? So like, I, I think that's what I'm taking away from it. Also, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm a very headstrong person. So I like you to have my, know. Own, I know. So I like to have my own opinions about things, but what I'm learning now is like, I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of getting a cheat sheet on the women's side because all of our guests besides Dean have been women that are professionals, right? And then you two, we got one married with two kids and then, you know, very um, independent woman who is very career driven, but also wants to find that other half of her life. So I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm getting all angles of it. So I'm kind of just like taking what I'm learning and writing it down, keeping some in my head and then biting my tongue with other stuff that I'm just want to like disagree with. You don't, should not be biting your tongue though, Rob. We didn't bring you on here to do that. So hopefully well, well, we have- 2022 goal is to- let her rip. Listen, when we have people that are promoting books and stuff on here, I don't want to be like, come promote your book and let me talk shit about your book. You know, you agree with everything. That's true. I guess that's true. So I'll take that into our future episodes. But then, you know, I think this year, as far as dating, I, I, I don't, I'm still on the path of like, there's other things I want to get solid first. Like there's other things I want to get nailed down to the ground 
sure footing before I try to help or not help, but bring anybody else into my life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. if oh, I'm gonna... Because mm-hmm. that's like something we've talked about on the show multiple times. Like women will just dive into things. Men have to have certain ducks in a row and all of these things have to happen before they fit a relationship. No, in. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about men. I'm talking about me. Like what I've learned about myself over the years of me dating and stuff is that like, I, I'm not, I don't think that I'm in the place where I can have a adult relationship with somebody until I get my own shit that's happened in the past year or whatever figured out. You know what I mean? So like opening, like having just a a good mind about like, uh, like Tracy's book, one of our guests, I would buy Tracy's book, you know, uh, overcoming insecure attachment. Like that's something that I still, I know I still have to get over, you know? So let me go read that book and figure it out. I still don't know if I'm um, moving to Austin. You know, I still don't know if I'm like doing a whole life change coming up and I don't want to meet somebody and then have that person influence my life. Like I've let people do so many times. Yeah. But okay. Here's the other side of that coin is because I obviously have a differing opinion, (laughs) but what if you find somebody here? Why would you move to Austin then? So wouldn't you want to be open to wherever love might find you? Yeah. If look, if I run into somebody and I meet somebody organically and it fucking happens and I, of course, I believe that that's the universe telling me this is the first, you know, I, I figure it out then. But in the meet, I'm not going to go actively searching for something right now. Like maybe at the end of the year when I have things settled out. Also, I was talking to my friend um, yesterday and he's like, are you, you know, looking to date? And I was like, dude, I'm not even trying to look at me in the mirror right now. Like the past year of like, you know, all the emotional shit that I went through and then all like the COVID and everything else. I was like, and the traveling I was doing to places, I was like, I'm not going to Lisbon and not eating everything in front of me. You know, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to Austin and not enjoying food. I'm not going to Ireland and not drinking beer. So I need to get that in shape first before I go out there and start like, I, I wouldn't want to date me right now to be but, Okay, So that's interesting. And I think it's a good segue into our brand new segment that we're introducing called XXXY. Get it, guys? It's XXXXWHY. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it's the chromosomes for male and female. And while we understand gender is now a whole spectrum, because it is Rob and I here and we are chatting, we are going to dive a bit deeper into the way men and women think differently. And maybe sometimes we might even agree. But We are going to break it down for you week after week with ourselves and our differing opinions about things and also our guests and find out why the heck it is we think what we think and we feel how we feel. And maybe, just maybe, we might find a way to come to terms and agree on some stuff. Hey, listen, it's XXXY, right? There is an X in both of those chromosomes. So there is there is common ground there. Wow, you are dropping knowledge. Yeah, I mean, there's there's the potential for 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 um, people to get along and for us to agree on stuff. But I, what I'm excited about this segment is that we're going to bring in people, like real people that we're friends with, and not somebody that's an expert in something, but like people that are real, really going through the process of like trying to find their other half and ask them why. They think they are still single or why they haven't found that person. 
Well, and and we're starting right now with you. So you are still single because you currently are worried about your dad bod. So that was my whole point and my amazing segue into the segment is, seems like both genders might have a complex with appearance. So for you, you're saying physically you don't feel ready to date. And so I think that's interesting because at some point, don't we shake that or we would hope we shake it or it's acceptable to not be perfect. Do you feel that there are certain pressures because you live in LA and have to look a certain way or because you've always looked a certain way and think girls only like you because of that? Because to me at your age, dad bought's pretty hot and expected. I wouldn't expect you to have a six pack. I would actually hope you didn't. Well, that's interesting, but like I interesting, but I don't care, Jen. I want a six pack. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's interesting that you know that that dad bods. It's a double standard. It sucks because it doesn't go the other way most of the time. But like, it's it's interesting that dad bods are acceptable now. It does have to do with the city that we live in. It does have to do with the profession that I'm in. You know, I was just on set for the last two days and coming back from vacation, I was like, holy fuck. Like, I don't even want to watch myself on TV. I don't even want to see it when it airs because I know I look like shit right now, you know? But then also, like, it's just having that confidence of, like, you – When it all comes back down to how you feel with you. And one of the things with me is, unfortunately, which I'm working through with my therapist, is outwardly appearance. Yeah, but, I mean, of all the people in the world, I think any of our listeners would agree you are not bad on the eyes. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's the one nice thing I may ever say. Yeah. Um, but so enjoy it. So I think, though, that the root of that is the pressures we put on ourselves because of what we think society will be attracted to and somehow overcoming that. So maybe while I mean, I'm not I don't have any like goals for this year that are like get it, lose 10 pounds or any of that. It's actually for me is to love what I am. Mm-hmm. And so because I, when I go on dates, sometimes I'll feel like, oh, I he's looking at me like I'm this fat slob in L.A. and Whoa. not an Instagram model and all this stuff. And I'm like, wait a second. Actually, if I listen back to our episodes, a lot of our guests have said that I am also not bad on the eyes. And I'm like, that's the nicest, like unprompted thing anyone's ever said to me. So maybe I need to stop judging myself so harshly. When that's not how people see me. Right. But you're also, you're not, look, <laughs> you're, you're in shape. You're like, you take care of yourself. You make it a habit to take care of yourself. I let that go completely. And I'm not just saying like, I did it a little bit. Like I did it to a point where I'm like, okay, maybe I'm like on the border of like not being healthy. You know what I mean? So, and, and if I'm going to expect that out of somebody that I'm dating, I don't need somebody to be an Instagram model. In fact, I went on a date. The only date I went on last year was was with a Brazilian Instagram model. And I was in, I was insecure the entire time, you know, because I was like, that's too pretty. That's too much for me. Like I, I, I don't need that kind of pressure every day of my life, you know? So like, but, but if I want somebody who I'm attracted to physically, I would want them to be attracted to me physically and I need to put in the same amount of work than they are if they're going to the gym and doing stuff to you know maybe one day meet me and and feel good then I don't want to be sitting on the couch eating fucking hoagies and cheesesteaks and drinking beer and going out you know drinking all the time and not putting in the same effort yeah also why don't you just try like being a bit healthier in general that's not but that's what I'm going to do it's January 18th 
<laughs> but my point is do it for you in terms of not dying and health versus how someone else might think of you. Okay. Well, these are things that we can like, I think it'll be interesting when we do this XXXY segment, because we will have like one episode, we will have a guy's point of view and then I can relate and you can give us your, your opinion, you know, non-professional, but Who's been around enough. But it's not professional. I've done this show for however many years you decided I've done this show. I'm an expert. Professional in the streets. Well, street cred goes a long way. I guess so. We'll find out, I guess. And then, you know, then it'll be a women's turn. And then I can say, well, you're you're doing this, but that's not attractive, you know, to most guys. (laughs) Or maybe you say you're doing this and it is attractive. Go you. But anyway, for the rest of us, in order to put our best foot forward for 2022, we're going to go over some of our favorite lessons from past episodes and how we feel we've grown so we can bring some of the most useful tips gathered from our recent experts into this new year. This is one of the main reasons why we all listen to this podcast, right? All of us, no matter which stages of life and love that we're in, we have lessons to learn and things that we want to either continue to do or stop doing in order to keep things going in the direction of happiness and love. And that we, you know, that can be either self-love or love with a partner. I'm self-love. I need self-love. You know, that's my, my first thing before I can give love to a partner. The new year is often about goals that we want to achieve, but before you all make your vision boards, let's take a hot second to appreciate where we currently are with some of the lessons that we've been proud to learn. Well, I'll start. I think, you know, sort of piling on to what I said earlier about having more fun with dating and going with the flow and trusting that the path is what it is and the universe has my back and that... I have done the work and that now it's time and, you know, it will flow. Um, I think I really want to stop comparing myself to others because that's where the pressure to put the PowerPoint together and find the perfect guy to fit in the role of husband comes into play is the comparison game. And that is so just damaging to my psyche and probably everybody's around me because of the pressure I exude and whatever energy comes with that. So who are you, who are you comparing yourself to? Are, like your friends and where they are? And like- yeah, I mean, how can you not? I mean, I, I had a moment over New Year's where I saw people getting engaged left and right. Even our lovely guest Dean proposed to his now fiance oh, Sabrina. Oh, that's yes. amazing! Congratulations, Dean. Yeah, and Sabrina, who is going to come on the show and tell us her side of their relationship and how she got to become the wise gal that she is. But we'll wait, Sabrina, her. Sabrina, the newly engaged yeah. fiance to Dean's going to come on our show and give oh, her the, give sure the is. Oh, I love it. I love it. Totally. So I think that seeing social media and people's milestones makes you think about what you don't have. Cause how can it not when you're seeing it? So, you know, whether it's even Lauren has now had two kids in the time that we've done this podcast, gotten married and all that. I'm like, uh, what do I have to show for? <laughs> the same amount of time has gone by and I have done nothing. That's not true. I think I've grown a lot and I've done a lot of work that will set me up for success for when I do find my person. I think the work you've done has led you to exactly what you're saying right now. You know, I don't think Jen before might've been able to say what you're saying today of like, I need to take my foot off the gas and just put on the cruise on the, and trust that, you know, so many people don't trust that, that like the river will take you where you're supposed to go. If you fight the river and try to go upstream, you're going to drown. You hold on to a rock in the middle of the river, you're going to drown. But when you let go 
and just flow down the river. It'll take you exactly where you're supposed to go. Love a good parable. Great job, Rob. Who knew you were a preacher? But so I can say also that I've tested this or I haven't tested it. I can say that I'm already living this because I've gone on a date and I felt like while I was there, I was my best me and I was with somebody who kind of mirrored similar sentiments about what they were bringing to the date. And it was really easy, great conversation. We went really deep, you know, hours of talking about all sorts of subjects and therapy, just everything, family, baggage, history, the whole thing, you name it, what we're looking for, all that stuff. So I think I had fun on it because we did a little bit of chatting prior and it just felt natural and easy. And so if that date is a representation, because you would think that all these actions are a mirror of, you know, what you're putting out. If that is a mirror for me, then I'm doing something in the direction of where I hope to go and it is all happening. So I'm just going to keep at it, have faith, stop comparing myself to others because like some of our guests said, you know, we got to trust in the universe, learn from our past and just, you know, do what feels right. Yeah. I mean, look, we were joking with you a couple episodes ago about like how you take a sign if the bread comes before the wine that that's somebody that you're not supposed to be with, you know, and it's, 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 it's been a lot. And I'm sure that that kind of energy was picked up upon with the people that you were sitting across from at dinner. You know what I mean? Do you think that like that, what my point is, is that you probably had a good time in this last one because that energy that's going across the table to that guy, of you looking for a sign, whether it's good or bad, he's probably picking up on that. You know what I mean? So like, I would have been like, you know, feeling that for sure. So when you go into something like you just did that you were talking about this last one that you had a great time with, you probably allowed that energy just just like that friction to not really be there. And then it was probably easier. Probably just felt easier. Definitely felt easier. So that's what I have learned and am taking with me into 2022. What about you, Rob? I thought I already told you. No, your lessons that you learned from the show. Well, I think that the lessons I learned from the show is, um, I mean, specifically like with Claire, I think I learned a lot about timing. You know, I think I learned about like, you have to just trust what the timing is on everything. And like, you know, when you break up with somebody, it doesn't mean like that that's the one person that's gone forever that you're never going to find again. It's like, you have to kind of just Keep that in the rear view mirror, not look at it and just keep moving forward because that person that you're supposed to be with, be with is probably on the same trajectory that you are. And you just haven't, you know, it's just a longer angle that you guys are supposed to be meeting at, you know, um, Dean, I think I learned with Dean a lot. Uh, I know it was like the one male guest that we had on the show, but like, I think I learned that like, no matter what the universe presents to you, like there's always the possibility of going to Whole Foods and meeting your soulmate, (laughs) you know? Also, like how to like work with a whole bunch of outside circumstances that like if you guys are on the same page and dancing the same dance, it's going to go very smooth. I think I learned that too. Yeah, for sure. And I think with all of those things, we're really proud of the conversations that we've had, the experts we've had on our show. And not only are we pumped that we can bring you our listeners, our lovely listeners and master daters, weekly advice from authors, doctors, TV personalities, and even psychics. We are actually selfishly excited to get these tips ourselves in the process, as you've just heard us discuss. Because let's face it, it's complicated for every one of us. 
Who doesn't love a good tip, piece of advice, or list of how-tos that you can store in your little relationship toolbox, right? Well, on the subject of Claire, from, you know, we talked about being, you know, heartbroken and becoming happy. I think to your point, it's like, that's just something that happens, but there's so much to glean from a heartbreak that she taught us. And it's not instant. I mean, she's got like a year long program, which I remember I was like scoffing at. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's going to take us a year to get over a heartbreak. What the heck? Well, it's got to take her a year to get some money from your heartbreak. But (laughs) (laughs) But also, I do think that it's not like you can't start dating for a year. I think it's probably a work in progress. And it's like, not the 12 steps, you know, it's not like you have to get through all that, make amends, and then you're allowed. Well, but- I think when you break up with somebody, your initial feeling is like, this fucking sucks. You initially probably try to get them back if it was like a real, you know, love type situation. But then you start going, how do I make this feeling inside me go away? How do I get, how do I get rid of this? My go-to is booze, you know, before. Some people have, you know, family. Some people cry. Some people eat. I think what she's saying is like, come to me instead when you, you want to get rid of that and I can help you walk through healthily with like good, stable mental exercises and breathing and all this other stuff and help you actually get to the point where you don't have to even worry about that person anymore. You're just looking ahead of you, right? Yeah, totally. And then we had Chris Medina who what he's a psychic medium and we thought that we were going to find out our entire futures and you know me I'm like okay send me a calendar invite when's he coming let me go get my hair done and my nails so my hands are ready for proposal and I think I think I had a, I had it marked like every 23 minutes you're like so when am I meeting him yeah so when am I meeting <laughs> I'm him? trying to ask different ways just in case maybe I would throw him off and he'd give me a different answer. But he was like, nah, girl, you got to work on yourself first before you can have your future happen for you. And I was like, wait a second. So there is no crystal ball. You are not telling me my future at all. You're basically telling me to pop into therapy and come back later. The thing with Chris that I love, it's it's kind of like a, it's like, a, it's it, I love it about him, but it's also like, you have to know what you're getting with, with Chris. It's very you know, different approach than very, other yeah. psychic mediums. Right. You're not going to go into a gypsy place with the tarot cards <laughs> and the and the crystal ball on the side of La Brea in Santa Monica. And he's going to tell you you're going to have a red car, you know, in three days. You know, it's not going to be that. Chris is going to say, like, you know, like what he told me, like, you got to, you know, you got to step stand up for yourself. You got to put yourself first. You got to, you know, have the confidence in yourself to because my shit's mostly about career. Right. So he's like, if you want the career you have, you got to. You got to act like you deserve it. You know what I mean? So, and you do. And he kept saying to me, I don't know why you're not famous yet. I don't know why you're not famous yet. It's got to be due to you. Not that I want to be famous, but like, he's like, your success lies within you, not within other people. Whereas I wanted to hear, you're going to book this job on this day and it's going to have these people in it. And then you're- That's your version of me wanting an exact date and time that Mr. Wright walks in and sweeps me off my feet. Right. With Chris, I guess you can walk away from like, stuff and be like I, I, I mean, it was more therapy than than psychic you know what i mean and if you don't want to hear your spirit guides talk therapy to you then you know you you maybe you're not ready to hear what they have to say right well i think that the other main point he had too is like not to settle that there's just so much more out there for you that there's no need to settle and that if you're actually staying true to yourself and doing the work, then you don't have to because it will all come naturally if you're like putting out what you should be. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, in a, in a, you know, roundabout way, that's what he said. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll have Chris back and we'll just be like, tell us straight up. We just want to know future shit, you know? I don't think he does straight up because I asked some pretty pointed questions and no matter what I asked, he He's gave like, I can't tell you that. Yeah. He's like, I can't tell you until you do here. You can't, right. you can't get to, you can't, you know, two plus two is four. You got to get the two and the two first. But no, I feel like I would be like, so how do you get to four? And he was like, ABC. And I yeah. was like, wait, we're talking about different things now, aren't we? <laughs> and so I never got the answers I really wanted. But I think ultimately, if you believe in psychics and mediums and all that stuff, like you're looking for the answers from them. But the idea is that they just help you find it. Right. And, and everybody's got free will. You know, yeah. it's all, you know, I always go see psychics. I see psychics. I just had a psychic reading again on. Friday. What did you learn? Oh, this is the same woman I had from before. They told me about the Switzerland. Yeah, that didn't happen. Well, no, everything was supposed to start happening now in like the Aquarius season. So, like, we're supposed to meet someone in Switzerland now? No, no, no. Like, it's not like nothing was supposed to start until the Aquarius season, which is like the end of January. In start like like March, April, or February, March, April. That whole thing. That's when. My last reading, that's when everything was supposed to start, you know? So I always knew that I wasn't going to be meeting somebody in Switzerland over the holidays. So what did she say is going to happen and when? Or we are, we don't know or you don't want to tell me. Well, I mean, she basically said that like work was going to come soon and now, which it is, yeah, right? Just film some stuff. Yeah. And then like a bigger thing's going to come in March, April. And then I'm probably going to figure out my housing living situation around that time. And then after I had every, did she say where you're going to live? Yes. She was very specific, but so, and then she said, you know, after all that's established, I'm going to keep working. And then it's going to be something I'm working on later in the year out of the country where I'll probably be meeting somebody on set. But that's what, that's what you go to these psychics for. Chris is somebody that goes, okay, in order for you to get to that point where you meet that person, on set later in the year, you need to do this, 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 and this. And because you're not going to book that job if you don't get out of your own way. All right. Well, anyway, I prefer, I prefer the one that gives me the exact things that I can look forward to. Thanks. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So maybe we should have that psychic on. All right. We'll have that psychic on, or we'll just get readings from her and then, and then talk about that for a whole episode. Oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> It's so off course. Wait, wasn't this a podcast about romantic interludes and relationships? And now it's our, you know, is Jen going to get a new apartment by June? (laughs) (laughs) I need to know if I can sign contracts. Actually, Rob, Mercury is in retrograde, which means so many things that suck, like don't sign contracts. Don't get in new relationships with people, but you can continue relationships with people that you started prior. So it's very reflective. It's very reflective. Right. Things come from the past to make you, you know, look at them again with new eyes, possibly people from the past resurface, that kind of shit. So good thing I got in some dates prior to Mercury and retrograde because maybe I could keep seeing those people, but I can't start seeing anyone new. Yeah, which is good because also it affects your fucking. I'm Gemini, so it affects me the most because that's my ruling planet. But it affects your, you know, computers and uh, all the electronic shit too. Your car, all that other stuff. So even if you're doing apps, they'll probably show you fucked up people. 
Yeah, the algorithm's going to be completely <laughs> off. Yeah, algorithm. Right? <gasps> okay, you know what then? What I might do is for the three weeks of Mercury in retrograde, maybe I won't swipe. That'll be my like app detox because technology is awry. So maybe that's what I'm going to do and see what the world brings me without the apps. I think that's a great idea. I think you should do that every Mercury retrograde because there's three a year. Yeah. So you should probably do that every Mercury retrograde. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like it too. That's great for me. Great goal. Great habit to get into. Mm -hmm. Listeners, if you want to join in on the uh, no dating app retrograde, please join in and let us know. Yeah, you're allowed to talk to people from your past. You're allowed to not not toxic people from your past, but like things you've already started before retrograde, but you're not allowed to get into any soul contracts or meet any or go through any electronics during Mercury retrograde. And that's three times a year. Yeah. And we'll give you the heads up when it's coming because you'll know that I'm getting rid of the apps. But who knows? Maybe I won't even need the apps by then and I will beat the system. But I am going with the flow, so I'm not going to push it or put a timeline on it. So listeners, if you want to join in or you have thoughts about this, please leave comments on the show here or on Instagram and let us know if you're doing it too. Yeah. Yeah. You're because you're already four days into it. I mean, did you meet the person? You met him before the 14th, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Well then, yeah. or the people or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so next up was Kira. Yeah. Sarah, who the dating shit show? That was her thing, right? She has her own podcast called the Dating Shit Show. She has a bunch of women um, that she—they're like an army of people that are like League of Adventurous Singles podcast. League of Adventurous Singles podcast. So they're. Yes. Basically, what their her whole thing was like her and these people in her podcast and the people that are her guests are like, fuck being single, fuck the rules of being single. Like you, this is how you take all the things that you were supposed to be taught and all that other shit about how you find the one and you throw it out the fucking window. She's the one that met her husband at a bowling alley and made out in the back of her mom's car. And then, you know, her husband is part of her podcast and part of her life and part of that league. And they're very, very happy to get They are. And what I liked most about it is that she kind of gave us a recipe for love. She very specifically was like, you don't fall in love. You work at love. You grow love. And I think that's actually kind of the path I'm on right now with my approach is not like assuming there's going to be sparks right away or ruling people out or hoping that the sparks fly at some point. It's like you have to actually grow a relationship and put in the effort, get to know somebody. And that's where you'll start to feel the connection and whether you vibe or have the chemistry and whatnot. And she told us about like why most people don't get past stage one or two even. And it's because they have those butterflies and they think they fall in love and it's hot and heavy, but it's not rooted in anything at all. It's not, you know, based on a foundation. And so once those butterflies subside or the chemistry is less and people, you know, have less sex, they then split up because they're like, well, we must have fallen out of love. It's like, well, you never grew the love to begin with. Well, I have a, See, this is, I don't want to talk negatively about anybody that we had on. And I, this isn't negative at all. I just didn't agree with Kira. You and I didn't agree. And I, did, I didn't really buy into what she was saying. I think that Kira had a very specific journey on her way to find her husband. 
And they, I heard a little bit of bitterness in there from like things that she went through that didn't work out for her. Um, she was very bitter about living in LA, you know what I mean? And how things worked out more for her in Wisconsin. She had, you know, one of her main things was like somebody that's there for you. I remember specifically, she was like, you have to find somebody who's going to be there for you in important times. And I was like, I remember saying to her, but how do you, there's not going to be something that comes up right away in the first three months for everybody that you can like, you're not going to put these people to the test. I had a friend that I worked at Belmont with back in the day that she would fake an intruder coming into her house and then call the person that she was dating to see what their reaction would be to them, to her house being broken into. And I was like, that's fucking insane. She's like, well, I need to see what they're, what kind of person I'm dealing with here. And I feel like that's kind of what Kira was saying, you know, because Kira specifically was going through a horrible time when her dad was sick, right? Which is yeah. horrible. But her husband stepped up. That's great that she found somebody that did that for her. But she was also in a very vulnerable situation that he was able to present himself and his character where not everybody's going to have that in the first, sometimes it doesn't come till way later in life. You well, know? I think though that the point might be don't, and, and the whole thing about what she was saying is don't rush into things because you don't really get to know somebody if you're living on the surface or like people make very solid commitments a little early on sometimes where they jump the gun and they might get engaged really early or they might move in early or they might say, I love you early. But like, have you seen the person when they're at their worst to know if you love them? Right. Or do you no, love no, hanging no. out I, with them? But do that's you, not like a secret. Like that's not something that you're like, that, that's not, that should be like common knowledge. That shouldn't be something that's being taught. Think, but right. that's not necessarily the case. Cause I've had conversations with people who I'm like dumbfounded by how they view their relationship and why they think that they're so serious and that then all of a sudden it crashes and burns. And like, I have actually have a girlfriend who's in like a relationship now for several years and they're uncovering things about each other that they should have learned in like literally month one, but they live together and she's kind of at the point where she's like, should I shit her right off the pot? Like, did I just throw away three years? I'm like, maybe you didn't throw away three years. Cause the lesson here is that, you could have gotten to some of this stuff earlier on if you asked the tough questions and you weren't trying to be the cool girl. Or also, maybe you dated somebody who was great in the moment for what you were looking for then, but that person isn't who you want long term. Right. And I get that. And I understand that. I just think that if Kira was more of like, because the way she said it was like, no, get this done right away, you know? And it was, I think if it was more of like, look, you, you can't build a house without a foundation. And my foundation and i agree with kira you shouldn't be planning what your fucking like uh sink and kitchen is going to look like and like your addition to the house when you haven't even put down the foundation yet i get that but like maybe when things start getting more serious and it's like month four or month five and you're deciding if you guys are going to be together and you're deciding like is this the person i'm going to commit myself to then you can turn around and go look these are the things i need to know how are you with this how are you with this how are you with this and if they come back with any answers you don't like, then you'd be like, okay, cool. Then we, let's just, we had fun. That was a good time. Let's go the other way. But like to be jumping in right away to that kind of shit with somebody, I would fucking go. And I, and, and I know she called me out and she's like, you get in your own way or something. What did she say? She, I think she said that you are like, are your worst enemy. And we actually had a listener that is um, a friend of mine who also said 
that he agreed with Kira kind of laying into a bit because I think she might have been saying things that hit a button for you or struck a chord. I don't know. If Lauren were here, she would tell me that I'm saying my sayings wrong. But no, you're right. You're right. Oh, good. Yay, yeah. me. I'm growing up. Yeah. <laughs> doing it all on my own. Um, so sayings and all. So I think you might even want to re-listen to that episode because maybe. I did. I, I, had, I had to, you know, <laughs> like I edited it. But like I, I and I or had maybe to listen. time and space and not feeling attacked might let you hear it with new I ears. never I never felt attacked. I just didn't understand what she was saying because it, it was like, and this is my point with the whole interview was like, if it wasn't what Kira experienced in the way Kira experienced it, then it was wrong. So like, that's what I, I didn't see it that way. So I think maybe that it's where we are when the thing happens to us kind of situation. Like yeah. I also didn't really agree with a lot of things Chris said, and it drove me bonkers that he wouldn't answer my questions, right. but you might've had been rubbed a little bit wrong by Kira's approach. To me, it made perfect sense because I, feel like she made it super digestible for what, when and why relationships work in the work you, she made it tangible for what work means. When people say like, you got to put in the work to me, she, while she did de-romanticize love a bit. And she said that she's like, I'm kind of gonna, you know, blow everyone's minds right now by like taking the romance. Yeah, Not everybody has a soulmate. Right. 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 Like you got to put in the work. And I remember asking her, well, what does that mean, the work? Because it makes it sound like a chore, but what it is is really the amount of effort you're willing to bring to the table. And I understand that. Like, And that's the thing, too, why she said that to me. I was like, I get it. I know. Trust me, I'm 45. I'm older than you. I've been through a lot of relationships. Yes, you are. You know, than her, you know, and I've been through a lot of relationships, too, and I understand where I'm at, and I under trust me, I know that it takes a lot of work. She just happened to find somebody that fit into her stream, the way she works. That's what I got out of it. So she was like, this has happened for me, it can happen for you, but that's that's more of like a commercial on the on like at on at three AM in the morning, you know, kind of like selling, you know, an infomercial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's like I think she found somebody that fits in the way she lived her life and what she needed. And that's now she's like, I did it, you can too. Wait, there's more. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like that's where I was okay. kind of like for the low, low price of Right. I think so. That's where I was kind of like, yeah, but that doesn't work for everybody. And then that's when she was like, well, I think you yourself proclaiming or whatever it is. And I'm like, OK, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I had an opinion about that. I'm glad you let me word vomit that. Sorry, Kira. I love you. I would love to come on your show and then we could discuss this a lot more deeply if you're listening at all. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't mean any offense by it. I just wasn't 100 percent swimming in the pool. Um. Next, we had Tracy Crosley, who I was swimming in her pool. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> You're like wading in that river. Yes, I'm wading in it. I'm getting my fish and eating it from the river, you know, <laughs> because, you know, she's she's talking about something that I think like Kara's like, you have to fix these things. She's she's talking about something specific that is, I think, affects a lot of people, especially in the beginning of a relationship, which is insecure attachment. Yes, why don't you remind everybody what that is? So it's something that I deal with on a on a every relationship basis. It's like you 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 get into a point where you're so insecure with yourself that you you need to hold on to that other person for like not only validation but like just to prove that you're lovable, kind of. Yeah. You know? So 
you stay in certain relationships because you don't want to lose that because that, what does that say about you? Right. Right. And I think what the one thing that you and I both kind of experienced or suffered from or expressed that we've encountered at uh, any point or another is um, being somebody's rock and saving them. And for both of us, it was very different as to why we did it. For me, it was because it was comfortable and something I'm very good at. And so it wasn't about providing them with a value that will keep them coming back for more. For me, it was more just like, okay, well, I believe in unconditional love and I know that you got to put in the work, but I like misunderstood what unconditional love was and putting in the work because it's skewed on the side of me doing everything for this person and saving them and keeping them afloat and keeping the relationship going and sacrificing a lot of what it was I needed and wanted and deserved for the sake of continuing to develop a relationship with somebody that I had a connection with. But I don't have to be with somebody that I have a connection with if they're that, you know, in shambles. They need to do the work on themselves and maybe listen to some of our episodes to rise to the occasion and be ready for a relationship. And then we can date. Right. And I think that's what she was saying for a lot of it too, because, you know, she, she studied with the people that um, wrote the book calling in the one and she's very, you know, it was a very spiritual thing. And I think it goes back to, you know, you know, I had a lot of, I mean, I've dated not to toot my own horn or anything. I've been very blessed with the girls that I've dated and like, they're very pretty, you know, and they're, and they, they're actresses and they do well in their careers and whatnot, but them going off and having girls night or, or working on a set where they have, you know, to, have a sex scene with somebody else or even working at a bar at a club where people are drunk, I would get really insecure, you know, and I would get really jealous and that would cause a lot of fights because I would just assume that somebody better was going to be coming into their life in that situation and that they wouldn't, they would choose that person over me and then that we're done, you know? Oh, who knew well, this about you? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what insecure attachment is to me. You know, it's like, well one is insecurity and the other is an insecure attachment where well, you both you're attached to that person yes. because of your insecurity. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and you hold on to them. You attach yourself to them because of that, you know? Well, it's um, also, I, I mean, I guess I see it. There's that, but it's also that you always, you're insecure in your attachment with them. You don't yeah. trust it. You don't yeah. trust that they're going to be there. Like if they leave the house, I think it's both. I think it's what yeah. I said in the beginning and then this, but like, that's why I need to get that damn book because I need to like read it. And I think everybody should get it because I feel like that is a very big, I hate to keep talking about LA, but I think it's everywhere, you know, especially with the amount of Instagram shit and filters and all that other stuff. I think that's like, everybody needs to at least explore insecure attachment to see if it's something that they, you know, are is something that's interfering with, with finding somebody or at least staying in a good relationship. Yeah, it's tough here. And everyone should read Calling in the One. I, I was just trying to add it to cart as we're talking about it because oh, you yeah. reminded me that that's something that is going to be a top priority for me this year is Calling in the One, but making sure not to go about it the wrong way and let our past and things sort of take over. And then we also had Dean um, who came on the show and he is a chef and TV personality, and he's now engaged to uh, Sabrina Soto. And they were both previously with other people, have kids, single parents, and have found a way to blend their two families, make it work, and 
I think my takeaway from that episode is what Sabrina actually said to Dean, which is why I'm so excited to get her on the show, is she kind of called him out and said, you know, either we can have the same fights we've had in other relationships or we can stop that pattern now and we can address it and put an end to it and move past it and actually have a relationship. It it it, it just burns such like a, a strong image in your head because so many people do that. They bring their shit from other relationships and it's the same shit. So they have, they wind up having the same fight in this new relationship and then that breaks them up and then they move it on to somebody else. What do they say? Like uh, the scars from other people, you don't bleed the scars from other people on your current person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, you know, I don't know saying. So yeah, it is something basically it's like you don't bring your other, your old shit and put it on somebody that they have, has nothing to do with them. And for her to go, listen, we could either take this fight and move on to with our same shit and move on to another person and probably have this fight again. Or we could figure it out together right here and end it. Kill it. Right. I was like, but that's when you know it. That's when you and that's what that's work for me. You know, that's but that that's also them after a certain amount of time getting to know each other. Yeah. And also, I think a certain amount of relationships they've both been through where they finally found each other and were they're timing aligned and they had both worked on themselves and they were both ready to call in the one. So they were having tougher conversations. They were changing their, the way that they, you know, parent as single people, they were now doing it together and approaching things as a unit and partnership and really showing up for each other. So I think, but I think they showed up for each other. I think they showed, they definitely had the conversations that Kira was talking about in the beginning because they do have other people in their lives that they need to deal with. Right. Yeah, their kids and their 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 uh, ex, you know, mommy daddies, you know, baby mommy daddies. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they probably had to have those talks. But I feel like this talk that they had, where where Sabrina said that, was accumulation of like them over a, a period of time where they both know each other and know that they were able to to help each other and maybe fix that. For you know? sure. So that's what I mean. Like maybe six months down the road, maybe at the point where it's like, you know, we're either going to be in this or we're not. That's when you can have those conversations. And I think back to, you know, the Kira episode, Kira's point was you choose to make it work. It's not like you fall in and out of love. You work at it and then you have love or you stop working at it and you have no love. So in this case, Sabrina was saying the same thing. She's like, either we work at it and we continue or we don't and we call it a day and move on to other people. But what I kind of love about it too is that it's addressing your triggers. Triggers are your responsibility. They're not somebody else's. So yeah. while you might be triggered by somebody's actions because it resonates in a way that like brings up those scars and what have you, it's your job to get past it. So you you don't throw your hands in the air and say, well, you're triggering me or well it is what it is and I am how I am. I got, you know, this is who you're dating take it or leave it. And like that kind of shit just says like, well, I don't want to do any work and I'm going to check out if you don't want to just deal with me the way I am. Yeah. And I understand that. And I agree with Kara, Kara on that end. And I agree that that's the way it should be, you know, but you know, listen, I think that all of these people that we've um, had these last one, two, three, four, five, you know, guests all had their own different perspectives. They definitely had stuff that we agreed with and then didn't agree with. Um, but you know, it's all my, my acting teacher, when I was in acting school, I went to a lot of acting school when I was a kid. Right. And before I graduated from Syracuse, uh, my acting teacher said, you learned so much shit over the last four years. Now I need you to put that all in a bag 
and keep the bag by your side and just pull out what you need when you need it. Don't try to think about everything all at once. Don't try to act everything all at once that you've learned to use everything. You have the tools. You don't, you only use the tool that you need when you need it on the project you need. Wait, I love that. I mean, in my equivalent is like how I overpack and I will always be an overpacker. I just do it because the idea of not having flexibility when I travel and like, what well, maybe I change my mood or maybe I want to wear something else or maybe there's inclement weather or whatever. Maybe the plans change. I want to have options so that I feel my best when I'm there. So I overpack. The point is, is that I don't wear everything. I don't have to wear everything. Not everything's useful to me anymore because something might have changed. And maybe instead of doing that plan, I actually got a better plan. And now I choose this outfit instead. And that other one, the raincoat, I don't need that. Didn't rain on my parade. So I think in terms of baggage, you know, you shouldn't bring all of your luggage with you. You should just maybe know it exists, that you have it. You own that luggage and everything that's in your closet, but you don't have to wear it all. Yeah. Pack light, pack light. And then, you know, you could always buy new shit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You can always buy new shit. That's the theme of 2022. (laughs) You can always buy new shit. Well, guys, we hope that you all had a great holiday season and are having a very, very happy new year. Cheers to making 2022, not 2022. So clever, Rob. Thank goodness you joined this show. Everyone, obviously, you're going to want to keep tuning into It's Complicated, where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, and obviously share it with a friend because that is how we continue to grow. And we want everyone to do no dating at Mercury Retrograde with me. So I need friends to do that with. And if you want to join the class of Master Daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social medias. And you can find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. It's 2022. It's off to a great start so far. Stay safe and stay well, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli and Rob Evers.